0: The Mueller report is in, no collusion with Russia. Kind of reminds me of the media frenzy around Al Capone's empty safe. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the focus group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off
1: the cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events.
0: Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here in Philadelphia with John Nash in New York City. Thank you for listening to our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. Today is March 26th. We also want to thank our friends at Critics' Choice Video for supporting us here on the podcast. They are America's movie and TV authority since 1987, and they've been a partner with us here on TFG Unbuttoned uh, since our start. You should also catch our live show, which is the focus group, which is live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. East. You can learn all about us, our show, the Focus Group, and TFG Unbuttoned at focusgroupradio.com. So, John, I know we're we're a couple couple days in from uh, from the report, but uh, what were you? Yeah, the say? only thing
1: missing from the whole report thing is Geraldo Rivera.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, there was such media frenzy around the whole thing, and I guess we were all. Hey, listen, I believe the hype too. I guess we were all expecting that there would be something more there, oh we haven't seen the report. So that's the bigger issue. But I think the headline that everybody will see, and it is politically motivated because the attorney general decided in 36 hours that he had consumed the whole report. But um, essentially, there's no collusion. That was the headlines in all the papers on, on, uh, on Monday morning for everybody to see. So I think 90% of America will see that and say, oh, they're just picking on poor Donald Trump. Let's move on.
1: You know, I um, I I agree. I echo that sentiment in the sense that the 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 thing you said about William Barr spending maybe you know thirty six hours with a report that took twenty two months to create, and of course, if you parse and sort that, you know, maybe there was no collusion. And um, but that's not to say that the Russians didn't have an active campaign in social media to disrupt the elections which is the unfortunate thing that's getting sidelined in all of this is forget the presidency for a minute what were they actually up to with all the with all the fake accounts right. and everything and are they going to be doing it again that's what I'm
0: I'm fearful we're going to lose sight of and then they and that's what I think people yeah and that's what I that's a good point because that's what people I think have forgotten about this whole thing the big concern was as Americans that somebody from the outside particularly the Russians were screwing with our election and if the president just acknowledged that in the beginning, because he blamed, oh, it could be a 400-pound person in the bed, it could be the Chinese, it could be the North Koreans, why not just say, yes, we have evidence that it was the Russians and we need to figure out how this doesn't ever happen again? Well, End of well story, yeah, but right? the reason
1: he didn't do that is because he he clearly viewed this as a threat to legitimacy of his, his, his election, and... Had he been more confident, and look, he he didn't win the popular vote, but he won the electoral college, and it wasn't by one or two electoral votes; it was you know a significant amount. I agree with you. A, a, he would have said, "You know what? I didn't have anything to do with this, but clearly something's going on here, and I think we need to have our election system looked at." But that's not the the gentleman that sits in at Pennsylvania Avenue, right?
0: No, and and then there's and I, it also reminds me a little bit of some of the Supreme court cases that get knocked back down to the, to the circuits. Right. So they go through everything. And so Mueller apparently goes through everything and then it's like, well, could be this, could be that. Maybe this, maybe that you decide here, Congress and, uh, and here attorney general. So that's kind of where it was really left, I suppose now for the politicians to figure it out. And of course each will just go to their sides, but, uh, somebody summed it up. I think it was over the weekend. I might've seen it or Monday that, uh, they said, you know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> and let's fix healthcare. Let's get our infrastructure done. And um the good news is we our president apparently didn't uh wasn't treasonous with the Russians, which I think we all kind of thought he was. At least that was my
1: opinion. <laughs> well, we'd love to all move on, but you know, I have flashbacks of Trey Gowdy and all the Benghazi oh, hearings yeah. and how they never Lock they her up. never ever let that animal out of that little stuffed toy out of the dog's mouth. I mean, so if hey, look, I think the Democrats should pivot very quickly to to things that aren't getting done and to things that really are of concern to people. But yep. we'll see. You
0: know, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So we have three three quick stories today. Um the first one involves uh, hate crimes. And then there's two others that I just thought were, uh, I thought was interesting and you and I went through and and selected. The first headline is hate crimes rose by 226% in counties where Trump hosted campaign rallies, a 2016 study says. So apparently these three, um, I believe it's two or three professors out of the University of Texas had done this study and uh, they tried to see if there was a correlation between hate crimes and where... Uh, president Trump had done his rallies and what what do you think the conclusion was how, how did you how did you read the conclusion
1: without as? getting too wonky they actually did an interesting job of making sure that the data they were looking at to parse and sort had been was correct data meaning they were looking at they looked at all counties counties that had a Trump rally counties that didn't they looked at statistics, and they also built into their model this notion that hate crimes are often underreported. In other words, people have right. something happen and they just don't say anything. And then they came up with this this number that you know, um, as you said at the headline, it was in, in hate crimes rose by an astounding two hundred and twenty six percent in counties where Trump hosted campaign rallies. And you know, they the study is interesting because they don't they go out of their way to say there are a bunch of factors involved here, but at the end of the day, the number is the number. And I, I read this and I just didn't, I just shrugged and thought, well, this is not a surprise to me because no matter how you look at it, you just look at the TV footage alone. You don't even need a statistician yeah. to tell you what's going on when someone gets beat up or they start chanting these things. And,
0: um, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, what I laughed about is, you know, he's not doing rallies and, in- New Haven, Connecticut. He's not doing rallies in Chicago, Illinois. He's not doing rallies in um, Portland, Oregon. Right? He he's down in you know East Overshoe, Wisconsin, or he's in you know um, you know swamp swampy Alabama, wherever he is. Right? So I I just thought, well, he was going where his base is, and I put in quotes, and uh, and so the hate crimes in his name because he said some of it was either graffiti or other things where the, the hate crime was done in quote-unquote his name and uh he, they were getting back to um what was they calling it? a white identity that he was giving uh giving white america their identity back some renewed identity so i looked at it and I said well of course where he went um again i'll profile. I I wasn't surprised. No, no, no. And and, and, and
1: let's also look at encounters that have been videotaped over the past two years. Oh, my God. From different parts of the country where someone yelling at a camera like Trump's president, you know, now now we're the ones that are calling the shots or it's our country. You got to
0: fake news, fake news. So this
1: is not, uh, you know, just putting a number to something that I think we inherently seem to understand and. I think a lot of people do, actually. Um, you know, and then there was the, the horrific mosque shooting in New Zealand, where 49, I think it's 49 people lost their lives. He was asked about that, and in the uh, Oval Office, he responded, you know, did, someone asked him if he thinks it's because of this rise in white nationalism, and he says, I don't really, you know, I don't really, I think it's a small group of people that have very, very serious problems. And if you look at what happened yeah. in New Zealand, perhaps that's the case. I don't know enough about it yet. You know, I, don't, I just think that, that's that's that that's that empathy gap and that's that tone deaf gap that people talk about with him. You know, I don't want to slam him for it, but you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it might be a duck. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> well, so there's gambling a river city, John. I mean, it's it's kind of okay. Yeah, hate crimes rose in the counties where Trump hosted campaign rallies. You and I maybe should be professors. You know, I often think about this. What a pretty good gig it is. As a sidebar. Don't you think being a professor is a pretty good gig? You could study whatever you'd like. I, I, what kind of professor would you be a professor of? I, I like? have
1: no idea. That's a great question. And you know, I know a couple and and the jobs seem scary in their security. Like you're you're once you're in, yeah. you're in. And when I hear some of the hours these people keep, I'm like okay. <laughs> but then you have to write books and papers. I don't know if I want to do that.
0: Well, you gotta be published in certain cases if yeah. But uh you know, I don't think we're going to be at Harvard, but, you know, maybe we pick a different school and we can do okay, kind of on your glide path out. <laughs> I know people that plan to really? do that. You know, they they thought they would, well, they thought they'd retire in their late 50s or early 60s and then go teach somewhere for a few years. And I, I had a couple of adjunct professors when I was in college that had done that. They had come from some, one of the, at the time, big eight accounting firms or uh, computer science was just becoming a new major. And I remember taking a uh, computer science class by somebody from IBM that was a retired exec that was teaching it. And I, you know, he said it's a pretty darn good gig. You know, he made his own schedule, he didn't have to get up real early. He had the summers off. And then, <laughs> and then philosophically,
1: if you could help a young mind grow, there you go.
0: You yeah. Know. Yeah. So this next headline, I saw this out of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and it, it's a short article, but the headline is Verizon workers suspended for rescuing cats stuck on telephone pole. In Port Richmond, and Port Richmond is a neighborhood of Philadelphia, and uh, apparently there was a cat, in the picture, I don't know if you saw the picture in the article, John, but way up on the top of this telephone pole, a couple of, like two stories up, was this cat that was perched there, and the cat had been there uh, for over 12 hours, and the owners tried to get the cat down, the cat was obviously scared, they had called Animal Rescue, the fire department, the electric company, everything was unsuccessful, so the uh the owners and the neighbors saw a verizon uh truck in the area and the guy was doing work and asked if he could help get the cat down and uh so he had the cherry picker whatever gets the cat down and the video went viral and then he ends up getting suspended from work and um what was your thought about the suspension
1: here again is like the i just i read this article and tim is not lying it's super short the good news is that the someone on site who has videotape of the thing started a GoFundMe page, um, and they ra- they had a goal of raising 3000 to give to this worker who rescued the cat because of his suspension, because I think he suspended for two or three weeks, and that was maybe the...
0: Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks.
1: So... You know, I, and, and the company actually says, um, a spokesman from Verizon named Rich Young said, we take no joy in this job action. However, we're committed and responsible for keeping our employees and customers safe while working in a particular area. Okay, that's the rule book, and that may be true. No one got hurt. The guy did a solid. The cat was up there for 12 hours. The owner had called three different, they, they called Pepco, which I guess is your local power company,
0: yeah, Pico. Pico, they called Pico a, They called yeah. Pico,
1: they called um Animal Rescue, the fire department. The fire department. So rescue, twelve hours police. later, nothing's right. happening, and this guy happens to have a cherry picker on the back of the truck, goes up, clear it, The picture I'm looking at, there's he's clear of the wires, he's clear of anything else, he gets the cat down, and then they suspend him. So I just think this is like tone deaf beyond belief. I, I think behind the scenes well, you might what, have yeah, said to the know, union. I this is this is a bad thing he did because it breaks our our rules on safety but hey at the end of the day it's it's a, it's, a, it's a, actually it was a bright star for Verizon from a PR point of view that they immediately
0: squashed
1: by suspending him right
0: well that was my my note here said if the worker did it safely what a great PR boon for Verizon i mean they could have really done a you can imagine a commercial about this about how they care about the customer and care about people and i thought what if this was a kid and when i, mean, I guessed maybe if it was a kid maybe the police or somebody would have responded but here's this live animal that was somebody's pet that was in distress obviously up there for 12 hours it wasn't an hour or two and as you said the video you could see was clearly done safely gets up there gets the cat goes viral everybody thinks it's a great thing and then the guy gets gets in trouble for it and i just thought it was as you said tone deaf on the part of verizon that they could have quietly maybe said hey you know the rules, but you did a good thing and you saved this cat. And you know the 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 neighbors think it's yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, you know the neighbor the neighbors that were could have been
1: all and... back channeled. They could have had the union yeah. do a note to to members. This cool thing happened recently, and while we applaud his uh, you know taking the taking the action of rescuing the cat, we want to remind all our workers that that actually was a violation of safety, and here's why. But. You know, the yeah. suspension seemed at this point really heavy-handed and totally ridiculous, right?
0: Yeah. The, th- the third story reminded me of something my grandmother would have done, which is why I included it. The, <laughs> this was um, a good story, by the way. <laughs> the headline is, Man hosts a naked mannequin party to taunt a neighbor who complained about his fence height. So this guy in California had a, had a fence put in his yard. And he said everyone else has the same fence. He put a six-foot fence in around his yard. I I watched the video. It said it cost him about $9,000. It was to keep his dogs in. But in his yard also, he had around this old um, uh, lawn furniture. He had some mannequins sitting there that he said he used for target practice. So we we won't even go there. But I'm thinking, is he shooting mannequins in the yard? But okay. So he has this six foot fence put up. And one of his neighbors complained and said, "Um, the fence is too high tipped off the city of Santa Rosa, which notified him of the zoning infraction and said he needed to take down the fence or put it down to a, to a lower height because it obstructed the view around a corner or something. So he had his friend come over and they took off, they lopped off some of the fence. And then he decided to take the mannequins that he had in the yard and place them around and had a, um, a naked mannequin party for everybody to see. And he's got one of the nude woman mannequins up. She's got some shamrocks on her, on her breasts. And, the other male and female mannequins are sitting around, and then I guess he said he had a reservation side made for the for the neighbor that complained for his, in an empty seat for them to sit in. But of course, as you can imagine, this is attracting a lot of attention. People going by and taking pictures. I thought it was just a funny thing. I
1: thought it was. Um, I read it, then I looked at the picture of the cut down the fence that he. he so. The six-foot-high fence was some something about an or, a city ordinance or something, and it was blocking a corner. So he had to have a friend come over with a chainsaw, and they had to cut the fence down. Probably, it looks like four feet. They probably took two or three feet off the height of it, yeah. and it was only on that corner. And then he made sure he took these mannequins, which he claimed he had laying around for as you said, target practice, which of course is a questionable thing. <laughs> but then he, he sat them in, and they're all naked. They're just two men and two women. And he sat, he sat the two guys are sitting, and, the, and there's one lady that's sitting. <laughs> and there's the one that's standing with her arms in the air and these shamrocks over her breast. Shamrocks. So he, cre- like he creates basically like a tableau, right? Like a, an art thing when there's grass in there. And I just think it's a total F you to the neighbor that that did this, because now you got to contend with people coming to the neighborhood to take pictures,
0: right? Oh yeah, my and I, the reason why I said my grandmother when we were young, there was a woman next door that complained that we would be out. The kids were, we would go out and play on the swings, which were near her yard, and we made too much noise. And she said, and my grandmother would wait until, I think it was probably eight, eight o'clock, which may have been too early. I don't know. But we'd go out and we'd play in the yard, in her yard there in the swings. And this neighbor constantly complained. So my grandmother had, I remember one day watching her and my grandfather. She had, there was a tree that hung right near the woman's, um, right near the woman's bedroom window. And my grandfather and grandmother were up there and they're putting this little contraption up there. I had no idea what it was. Every morning, my grandmother at about 4.35 o'clock would plug this in when she got up. And it was a bird chirping. And it was the most irritating thing. <laughs> it was like a robot go, bird. Tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah, it was a little mechanical bird that would just tweet. And the woman, it drove the woman crazy for, for months. And she, then she, you know, you got to cut the tree down. My grandma was like, I'm not cutting the tree down. The bird's in the tree. What do you want me to do? It's not my bird. But she, so when I saw this mannequin thing, I thought it was kind of the same thing. I think about it now. My grandmother did have a little bit of a... I guess I have some of it.
1: Some of it. Some of, some it, of too. it. Yeah,
0: I think he got a lot of that. I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. But anyway, so that's that. Hey, we want to thank our uh, our friends at Critics Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since nineteen eighty seven. We encourage you to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the logo and start saving. And John and I usually pick out um, some movies or videos that we recommend or music. But today something caught my eye, which was um, called Audrey, the '50s, and it's a hardcover picture book, and uh, it's under forty dollars. And I was at a friend's house this weekend, and and he had all kinds of great um, picture books from the '50s and '60s, and it was just fun to leaf through and look at pictures. So many people anymore don't seem to have. I know you do, John. You're you're big on it, but a lot of people don't have uh, picture books out on their in their living areas or whatever, and I saw this one on Audrey Hepburn that I thought was fantastic. It uh, has some re- restored advertisements in it. It's had some unpublished um, posed candidates at home, never seen publicity photos and stills uh, from her various movies. And I just thought it was a pretty cool, cool item to get and a good gift for somebody that uh, I know I'm going to get for Richard because he's a big fan of Audrey Hepburn and he would love this book with the pictures. The cover alone is fantastic. She's in a black and white dress with two black and white poodles. I mean, it's just perfect. You
1: know, and you look at someone as as emblematic of of famous cinema, and and she, uh, how how deserving of a picture book, indeed, right? I um I actually watched an a, an a documentary over the weekend. We kind of stumbled upon this documentary about director Hal Ashby, who directed my all time favorite film, which is Being There with Peter Sellers.
0: Oh and I yes. didn't
1: realize that Hal Ashby. I mean I did I guess, but he directed a lot of movies that you would know. Um, Shampoo, Coming Home, um Being There, Harold and Maud, The Landlord, uh and so and then there's one with Jack Nicholson called The Last Detail which is very famous. So so I actually noticed that Criterion the Criterion Collection, which you and I call the gold standard of releases, right? right. There is a Criterion version of *Shampoo*, and I think that that's a that's oh. <laughs> a movie that I would definitely like to see again because I think Warren Beatty is pretty cool, and I think that Hal Ashby is a great act, a great director. So I'd like to watch oh. that again now through the prism of 2019 because it was made in yep. 1975. So yeah, all right. Wow. Audrey Hepburn picture book must check out. Shampoo Criterion Collection. And by the way, there's something called the Shamrock Sale, right? So all of March seems to be all these great sales going on. You get you get money off shipping. You get all this other stuff happening at Critics Choice Video, and they are America's classic movie and TV authorities since 1987. We want to thank them for being with us on Unbutton, and we want to thank you for making time in your day to uh, listen to our weekly ramblings. <laughs> and we hope you download and enjoy next week. So have a good one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John Unbuttoned and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.